0: This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, January 8th, 2021. I'm Caleb Brown. In the wake of the pro Trump mob violence at the Capitol that ended in, as of now, five deaths, and that failed attempt to stop Congress in its job to count electoral votes, a lot of words are being thrown around incitement, sedition, and treason. Cato's Walter Olson says these terms have legal meanings. And while no one questions that the people who ransacked and vandalized the Capitol have committed serious crimes, when we throw around certain words, we should at least know what they mean. The president of the United States, at a rally of his most ardent supporters, uh, essentially urged them to go to Congress, uh, having earlier in the day suggested that it was possible for the vice president, Mike Pence to reject uh, electoral votes that uh, if he deemed them to be illegitimate somehow. And uh, in, in his speech urging his uh, supporters to go to Congress, he essentially didn't really create any other options other than some sort of direct confrontation. That is, he says, we, we need to be strong. We need to project strength. You don't, uh, you don't win by being weak, uh, that sort of thing. And so uh, I guess the question is, was this incitement?
1: When you ask whether something is incitement, uh, you're often dealing with close cases and with the difference between a legal definition and the way we'd use the word in everyday speech. And incitement certainly raises a question of motive. Uh, It raises a question of, uh, did he know that his audience was capable of things. Uh, Did he expect it to go as far as he did? These are all arguments that uh, a lawyer could make for him, that uh, even though he said inflammatory things and violence then followed, uh, perhaps it wasn't as simple as incitement. Some of the elements of incitement, such as that there be a fairly short time window Uh, between the speech and the resulting violence are clearly met here. Uh, This was not a matter of his musing three weeks ago and then people doing it. Although, in fact, he he did muse a while back about how it was going to be wild. He he was dropping broad hints uh, over the last month or two that he uh, looked favorably on some of the uh, possibilities that Uh, people were hardly taken seriously. But as a legal matter, incitement can be quite hard to prove. Uh, It doesn't mean that it hasn't been proved, and especially, of course, when uh, there is a closer degree of coordination. uh, Someone is in command of, uh, let's say, a violent labor union or a violent gang or whatever. Then uh, they have some expectation that there's a... the people listening to them who may be subordinates or may know them well on a personal basis will go out uh, and uh, attack the establishment or uh, commit the act of intimidation that they're they're talking about. Somewhat harder to establish when it's a bunch of strangers uh, is a radio speech incitement. Well, international human rights people will remember the Radio Rwanda saga were one of the worst uh, slaughters uh, of, of the past half century was set off by uh, incitement over the radio. So at a certain extreme, incitement can take place over mass media too, but, but it's hard to get there as a matter of convicting people legally. I say that because impeachment is different. Uh, the, the standards for impeachment are loose, and they can include uh, definitely violating the spirit of a major, major offense, a crime or misdemeanor. High crimes and misdemeanors are not spelled out because they were well aware that sometimes heads of state did completely outrageous things that were not uh, necessarily going to be held beyond a reasonable doubt, but there needed to be a way to push back. And I'm with Gene Healy, our Cato colleague, uh, who believes that, the impeachment power is kind of richer and probably should be invoked more often than it has been. Uh, and this is one of the very reasons, which is you it's not a court of law. Uh, you don't have to let someone off if it, uh, until you can get beyond a reasonable doubt. You don't have to let someone out, off uh, who was clearly violating the spirit of the law, but took exactly those steps along the line uh, to avoid triggering the definition. You can do what the country needs. And uh, that's why incitement in this case, I think, would be very much the stuff of what many Republicans as well as Democrats uh, might vote to convict on.
0: Now, you've talked about how we use words uh, like sedition um, or treason. Uh, a lot of the, the protesters turned rioters were yelling at Capitol Police uh, accusing them of treason. Uh, so when we use those terms, you know, people people tend to throw those uh, terms around, and of course, they have legal definitions as well. If uh, we're going to go there,
1: and the legal definitions are definitely at variance with the way we. Uh, use the terms in in uh, uh, everyday speech. It, there are variants with the dictionary uh, in some cases because, of course, sedition is one English word, but different countries have different laws with different definitions of sedition. And the United States uh, has defined these things narrowly. Uh, partly because of the long history with England, in which kings would accuse people of treason for all sorts of things and have them executed. Uh, for that very reason, the Constitution of the United States gives treason a very narrow definition. Treason against the United States shall consist only in levying war against them or in adhering to their enemies, giving them aid or comfort. Now, there several terms in there that people uh, might want to stretch. Uh, what is aid and comfort? Uh, hard to know what our enemies well it's been suggested, but the courts would not agree with this that some foreign country that is not actually in a shooting war with us but definitely has adverse interests if you have uh adhered to them if you've let's say spied for them or 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 you know thrown some uh, controversy in the, in their favor um that's true no 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 the the uh the definitions tend to be narrow, and levying war. Again, there would probably be kinds of insurrections that would rise to the level of war, and you could uh, argue that that was treason. But uh, there are reasons why, aside from wartime, uh, you see very, very few treason convictions. So I'm going to set that aside. Uh, it's used by both sides. It's 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 the favorite term uh, as an insult. Uh, go ahead and use it as a metaphor if you want, but the law is not going there. Sedition, uh, which is Uh, usually uh, more appropriately referred to the the section of the law against seditious conspiracy uh, is another one that you hear a lot. And it was not too long before uh, January 6th that I was telling people they were overusing the word sedition because they were using it to refer to backing a stupid lawsuit. You know, I've spent lots of time denouncing stupid election litigation, but you really can't commit sedition by filing lawsuits. You know, it's it's a bad thing to file frivolous lawsuits, but it's not sedition, uh, under federal law at least. Uh, Federal law brings in, it bases it on conspiracy to use force. And the conspiracy side uh, is often hard to prove. Uh, But the use of force is more important than people realize because most of the elements of the law uh, have been either not there in the first place or have been uh, restricted by the the courts over the years. uh, So that if no one is using force, sedition has probably not happened. Um, So you've got uh, something where people were using the term loosely for uh, uh, what they called treason talk or sedition talk. But if it's just talk, uh, legally it's not going to make it a sedition until and unless someone commits an, an act of violence or force. Now, on Wednesday, January 6th, uh, we moved over a line. Uh, people used a lot of force, a lot of violence. And uh, so it becomes very realistic to talk about, uh, maybe uh, you can get convictions for seditious conspiracy. Um, There's two related uh, uh, parts of uh, the same general area of federal law that are also worth knowing about. And one of them is very spot on for what happened at the Capitol, rebellion or insurrection. Uh, And it doesn't apply to all violence. A bank robbery is not rebellion or insurrection. You have to be trying to uh, challenge government authority um, and not just by holding up a post office, it has to be an an effort to kind of displace uh, government authority. But that was there, uh, especially when you consider that uh, this was one of the most important uh, steps uh, in process, in what is ordinarily the peaceful transfer of power, and it was not peaceful because of what happened. Uh, so yes, rebellion or insurrection, different thing from seditious conspiracy. For one thing, you don't need to prove uh, that someone was in league uh, with, with others, as as you don't, you don't have to go as far to prove that. Uh, and then the last one is, in some ways, the most misleading of all of them, because the law in the books is different from the law that gets enforced. And that's advocating overthrow of government. And that's why people could listen to a talk show host and say, oh, that talk show host is uh, being, uh, is violating the law by advocating the overthrow of the government. Uh, There was a time during and after World War II uh, when The Smith Act had been passed initially against Nazi subversion and then expanded against the threat of communist subversion. And it very much did uh, criminalize speech that uh, advocated the overthrow of the government. And for some years, there were convictions uh, that uh, fit into that category. And then the Supreme Court. Uh, um, under the influence of uh, you know, going in a more civil libertarian direction with Hugo Bloch, William Douglas, and others took a hard look. They said, we've decided that the best way to make sense of our cases is that mere preaching of violent overthrow by itself isn't banned. It has to be leading to imminent action aimed at doing so. And so the prosecutions that were speech-only prosecutions, uh, you know, communists getting up on soapboxes saying we should, you know, have a revolution against the bourgeoisie, uh, those uh, successful prosecutions ceased. And uh, there could still be instances of nailing people on it where uh, there had uh, been imminent action, but uh, but again, they pulled it back from just criminalizing speech. So uh, you can take some very extreme speech. I give the example: I think the secretary of thus and such should be marched to the gallows. You know, it's horrifying. Uh, it's unpatriotic. It's disloyal. But it's
0: not necessarily illegal. Uh, so advocating the overthrow of the government in words, absent an imminent conspiracy. Uh, fomenting to actually undertake that um, would not qualify.
1: Generally, you would not be convicted. And of course, things changed on that again Wednesday in that you did have violent action. Uh, uh, It was related to the overthrow of government process, to rebellion and insurrection. And so uh, it is possible that uh, some advocacy uh, that may turn up you know, on social media, let's say, or in communications uh, between different participants uh, in which one person didn't commit violence, but, um, you know, preached it and and sent others out to commit violence. Uh, You might get convictions on that, depending on the fact patterns. Again, what the president did is different. It would generally not, uh, the language he used uh, I think would not be considered enough of a smoking gun to get him on advocating overthrow of government. Uh, incitement is um, something drawn in from a, a broader criminal area rather than specifically from the uh, these four crimes relating to overthrow of government, and uh, incitement you can convict people if uh, they've incited a theft, I believe, or uh, an assault uh, or uh, many different crimes. And so it is possible that the um, broader net that is cast by uh, incitement um, would would mean that you could at least look at the president's comments. Uh, My guess, Uh, not having studied it closely, is that if you were talking about a court of law, they wouldn't prosecute. If you were talking about the form that is impeachment, uh, they might well say, yes, uh, this is exactly the kind of thing that uh, the process is meant for.
0: And they could bring in a lot of other uh, behavior and uh, a fact pattern that would not necessarily pass muster in a court of law because it is not a court of law. Uh, It is not a criminal trial. Exactly. There would not be uh, the the types of procedure
1: for excluding evidence, for example, or uh, uh, they would be able to bring in uh, uh, types of evidence, uh, such as uh, past conduct that a court might possibly exclude in a criminal trial, uh, but which are very relevant for the question of whether a president deserves to continue in office or whether it's fit to continue in office.
0: So, right now, if we're interested in knowing whether or not there was in a strict legal definition, advocating overthrow of the government, uh, including words and deeds. uh, There's a lot of sort of, uh, I guess, on the face evidence that that is what was going on. Uh, We won't know for certain uh, uh, for some time, but It wasn't a secret that there was going to be a large gathering uh, on the Capitol grounds on January 6th. Many of the people who were breaking into the Capitol were well-armed and appeared to be wearing a lot of tactical gear meant to protect them from things like bullets. So uh, it's... There's extensive evidence of
1: planning, there's extensive evidence of organization um, with a social media trail in which uh, posts would talk pretty openly about stopping the process, about uh, taking over the capital. Um, And this raises... Uh, uh, as far as the prosecutions that result from the capital takeover, of course, it uh, mean it gives prosecutors um, more resources to prove more serious crimes uh, because of all of the evidence of planning and coordination. Uh, it also raises questions uh, first on the security side because a whole, separate question for other podcasts, probably, is why security was not readier for what happened, given how much social media chatter there had been. The, uh, uh, the uh, Washington Post, I believe, the day before uh, election Electoral Account Day, had done a whole article about all of the uh, channel chatter proposing violence. And, but aside from those two things, uh, you also, Find, I think, that it ties in to the question of the president's state of mind and the president's role of it. Uh, The president uh, has access to the best briefings in the world, something that got into the Washington Post and many other outlets. Uh, Certainly, uh, either came to his attention uh, or uh, it testifies very poorly to his attention level if somehow or other he missed all the talk about uh, likely violence and things like assaults on the Capitol on January 6th. Now, if you assume knowledge or constructive knowledge, to use the fancy pants legal term of when uh, you have no excuse for not knowing, then you can put a different construction on some of the things he said. You would ask whether perhaps consciously meant things that otherwise might be left as ambiguous. You know, did he mean or did he not mean? Well, if he knew that people had assembled, uh, including many of the people, hearing his words, had assembled uh, with their minds on force and violence, uh, then yes, it's reasonable to read his words differently and more severely.
0: Walter Olson is a senior fellow at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to the Cato Daily Podcast anywhere you please and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.